I'm gonna I'm gonna go milk Minotaur dicks. Eventually, it's gonna happen. <laughs> We're going to the farm, girls. Yeehaw. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Romancing the Monsters. I'm Em. Hi, I'm S. I'm Seth. And today we have a very special guest, our very first guest on the podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is G, or Gabby, um, and I'm so excited to be here today. Hi, G. Hey, hey G. G. We're excited you're here with us today. G is um, the fourth lady in our quartet um she's also an we're avid quartet. reader yes we're a quartet okay i feel very like historical like you know like the wallflowers the quartet you know like i just feel like yes we're we're refined we're very refined over here um so she's an avid reader she also has uh, a small business would you like to talk about that don't be shy we self-promo all the time <laughs> on the podcast it's fine i run a small business with my boyfriend we um it's a fandom based uh small business small shop we do a lot of like apparel and accessories that are around you know disney star wars lord of the rings marvel um a lot of bookish stuff so if you want to check us out we're on instagram and our shop is within the magic you can find us at withinthemagic.com and on instagram under within the magic there you go support small businesses <laughs> that are run with passion and love because that's oh, yeah. what G is about. Uh, before we start, can I just say that unfortunately, G, um, you are not the most important person here today <gasps> because we actually it's have me. a celebrity know, in the house. No, it's not you, Seth. I'm sorry. Your day is not today. We have a celebrity in the house today because our very own S got a follow from Paris <laughs> oh Hilton. Paris Hilton. Um, excuse me, S. Um, you're famous now. Uh, how does it feel? Yes. Thank you. It feels incredible. Me and Paris Hilton are best friends now. Yes. Mm -hmm. It feels great. Yes. Yeah, so I started watching her Netflix show, uh, Cooking with Paris, and I tweeted uh, saying something like I'm obsessed with the show. And this was like, what, three days ago. And she retweeted and she. Wow. Ended up yeah. So I was just like, wait a minute. Is this is am I seeing correctly that she freaking <laughs> followed me? So I sent it to the girls and like Seth, I was like, "Is this real?" And yeah, sure enough. And I freaked me. out last night. And yeah. then we we're talking to a celebrity, guys. Yeah, I'm so happy you had time. Out of your, you know, you had time for us stop, today. I stop. just no stop. No, I mean, I mean, as as I could not be happier for you. I'm so excited to see you on the 2021 reboot of Paris Hilton's My New Best Friend on MTV streaming yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you guys remember that show? It was. A I just remember. Is it simple? What is it? Simple Life? Simple Rules? What was the show she did with Nicole? I think the simple life. 
Simple Life, yeah. Oh my. Well, I mean, she did have a show where she was literally trying to find her next best friend through reality TV. (laughs) So that's why I'm saying, like, I'm so excited for you to go on that show. Clearly, it was your audition, and uh, you passed. You passed. The flying colors. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's crazy. I know. Speaking of shows and things we love, today is a catch up and chill episode, which means we are dishing out all the dirt on the things that we love at the moment. Uh, We're talking about books, TV shows, movies. Um, So it's time to get your TBR ready because it's about to get wild. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants to start? Crickets. That is the question every week that nobody wants to answer. You know what? I'll go first because oh I feel like God, I never you. go first. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I'm taking initiative today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Proud of you. <laughs> Proud of you. All right. Okay. So my first mention is a book and it's Waking Olivia by Elizabeth o- O'Rourke. I'm probably butchering the last name. I'm sorry. Um, but this is um, like a sports romance where the main guy is a, her coach. Mm. And it starts off with Olivia meeting her new track coach, which is the main guy, Will, at her new college. Um, and she's known for having uh, anger issues and random bouts of, you know, she fights a lot of people. She's a bad rap um, because of it. And so Will doesn't think she's worth training at all, but will do whatever it takes because he needs the money. His father had died and so he's the only one taking care of the farm um with his with his mother and then his brother's off in college and so he feels like it's his duty to take care of his family and then we find out early on that the main girl Olivia has had really bad nightmares and to the point where um because of her nightmares she is found sleep running so she runs in her sleep um that means no shoes not even her phone with her and she just runs for miles and miles and she doesn't even know where she is, like, some days. And um, so Will obviously doesn't know this side of her. And whenever she comes to practice right after those nightmares, she's obviously in pain and, like, she's overworked. And so she doesn't perform as she usually does for her track meets and things like that. So he decides to, like, it gets to the point where he kind of, like, kicks her off the team. And then she kind of tells him finally that I actually sleep run. And then so the story kind of starts there with them. Uh, and... Yeah, they're both attracted to one another, but because he's their coach, it's obviously not allowed for them to have any sort of, like, romantic relationship. Um, But he takes her under his wing, and, like, his mother also gets involved, and, like, they help her overcome her traumas and things like that. Um, What else can I say about it? She's just an immensely tortured soul, and I like the difference where, like, you see the woman who's, like, in that position instead of the male. And it just rounds out to be an amazing read. So, like, if you're into sports romance uh, between a coach and an athlete, then this one's for you. And there's also, like, a mystery aspect to it as well with um, her past and, like, her remembering her childhood. And so, yeah, it was a really good read. All right. Are we ready to move on to the next person? I can go... I'll take this one. <laughs> okay, so my the first books with an S on my list. You and the constant cheating and breaking the rules and bending them to your well, own will. I mean, I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry. You break you the do rules it too, all Seth. the time. Yeah. Me? You you do I think you do it Me? more than all of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, so it is The Bridge Kingdom and the Trader Queen by Daniel L. Jensen, a fellow Canadian. Gotta support. 
Um, so this is a fantasy romance with enemies to lovers, also arranged marriage. Um, so premise of the story is you have this king of Maradrina who's um, essentially like a power hungry psychopath um, who is trying to gain power over the bridge kingdom. And the bridge kingdom is essentially like a very small country um, that uh, is sort of like in the middle of the ocean. Um, and you have this really, really, really long bridge with this very small country called Ithikana. Essentially, the the entirety of the money that this small country makes, like their resources and everything, comes from this bridge, having power over control over this bridge because uh, boats can't go around the bridge because uh, the sea that surrounds it is like treacherous. So like it is way too dangerous. You have to go through this bridge, which is actually more of like a tunnel. So like you have you go through the bridge and not over. And this king is trying to regain power over this bridge because he understands the fortune that is to be made through it. Um, but 15 years prior to the beginning of this book, the kingdom of Ithikana and this king of Mar Mardrina. <laughs> Mardrina? <laughs> Um, they were at war and they made like a peace treaty, which was that essentially, uh, eventually the prince, one of his daughters, one of the king's daughters would marry uh, the heir apparent or like crowned prince of Ithikana. And the prince in question is now king. He's all grown up. He's all hot. Um, and he's like, all right, where's my bride? Jump to Lara, who is one of the daughters of this cruel king, who essentially has a harem. So he's like, he's got like 20 wives. All the wives have, have kids. He's got like a bajillion kids under his name. Anyways, and he's got 10 daughters who at the age of five, well, they grew up in the harem. But then at the age of five, they were all ripped away from their mothers and sent to the desert to learn how to be a proper wife. However... The twist on that is that a proper wife for this cruel king is more or less becoming a murderer, an assassin. Yeah. Uh, and so his plan is to send the one daughter who he chooses um, and to send her to the king, Aaron, who then will marry. And then she's supposed to like spy for him and kill him eventually. Lara is not the chosen one, but she's like... <laughs> I'll make myself the chosen one. So she, and this is not really a spoiler, the book literally opens like that. Um, she kills off her sisters. Or does she? Um, <laughs> and she she makes her way to Arryn. Marriage happens. And slowly, I mean, romance starts to bloom. Alliances are questioned. And uh, Lara sort of starts realizing and asking herself, am I the hero or am I the villain in the story? Ooh. So Seth is currently reading this book. Yes, uh, G I read am. both books. I freaking loved them. First book was really good, but like second book is where it's at for me. Like the whole second book. And again, I cannot say anything about the second book because the co-hosts have not read it yet. Um, but it was so good like literally the action does not let up until the end like it's just constant action so good so much angst so much angst so much pain betrayal um yeah 
So definitely put this one on your list if you like fantasy romance. If you like Sarah J. Mass type of fantasy, I, f- I feel like this is on par, though it's like its own thing, obviously, but... You know, because yeah. there's a little bit of steam in these books. A little bit. Um, it's adult. It's definitely adult. I don't know if I mentioned that. It's not YA. Um, so, yeah. Do you want to say anything about it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved this book. I could not have read them at a better time. It's just, it takes you, like, it grabs you right from the beginning. Because as um, M said, it starts off with a bang and you're like, holy crap, what's happening? Um, which I love that about the book. It's just, it's different. I've, believe it or not, have never read a book with betrayal already, like, mm. coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. that, that It's kind of looming over the plot for the whole book. And, like, you know, it's ha- it has to come. It's, it's coming. Inevitable. Yeah. And I remember, um, like, getting closer and closer and closer. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, I can, you could feel it coming. But. I don't want to say too much because, again, they, the girls haven't, two of them, haven't read it. So I don't want to spoil too much. But, like, I really just was on the edge of my seat for both books. And I can't wait to read the third one because I'm super interested to see where that one is going. Yeah. And she told me that um, while she was reading the first one, she was reading other things. But then when she started the second one, she had to drop everything and just Yay. focus yes. on the second book. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, Bridge Kingdom was actually like my secondary book for when I was um, like driving because I did them on audio. So I like to listen to books while I'm driving and stuff like that. So it was just like, oh, when I hop in the car, let me just put on the audiobook. It wasn't my main read but I literally dropped everything else when I started uh when it you know picked up and got really really good I was like yeah no forget it and I finished those two books I think in record time for myself and would you recommend the audiobooks oh I loved the audiobooks so the um male narrator I forget his name right now but he's very well known I've heard his voice before and um funny enough after reading Bridge Kingdom, I re- listened to another audiobook and it was the same author and it made me like the book more than the other book I was reading with the same narrator because I was like, this is huh. like my comfort narrator. Oh, I have one Aww. of those too. Yeah, I have a few. That's good. I'm excited because like I'm about 35% in in the first book and I honestly understand when you girls are saying like it's keeping you at the edge of your seat, like you just want to keep going because honestly, it's just like it's consuming my mind and it's like honestly like what I'm like what you guys are saying about the betrayal looming it's like you know like it's like she's setting things up and like the way she works things out you're like okay so like everything is like thought out for her everything is like carefully placed and like Lara is really she's an intriguing character so far and uh if you haven't guessed it already uh from all of us basically reading the same (laughs) book um you can expect Hopefully an episode on the Bridge Kingdom and the Traitor Queen sometime in your future. Uh, we'll probably do like a joint thing and uh, Gabby can join us for that too. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> this is your official invitation. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right. Speaking of you, do you want to go next? Do you want me to put you on a spot like that? Yeah. <laughs> I work great under pressure, so let's do it. I feel like this is a job interview. <laughs> I got my notes. Ooh, they're color-coded. Um, so the book I'm going to start off with is called Feral by Nora Ash. 
Mm. It's Ooh. um an Omega verse. Yes. I listened to the audio and if you guys have the chance to just sample the audio just for the male narrator's voice. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. So um <laughs> I have to preface this a little bit by saying that before Feral, I was I want to say in a two year long book funk like slump. I did not read very much for two years. Mm-hmm. And this was the first book that I picked up and it got me back. Like I've got my mojo back. I've been able to read about a book a week after this. So it is an Omega verse. The heroine is uh, was hired as a biological analyst at this government facility. Um, she doesn't really know exactly what she's going to be doing, but when she gets there, she finds out that it is the government's, um, top secret, like new project that they're doing and they want to breed, not breed. They want to create feral alphas and make Mm. them into super soldiers. (laughs) Sounds like a good plan. (laughs) How about Um, we get on with doing that for reals? Um, so it's basically just this big laboratory with a bunch of feral alphas locked up in cages and the heroine obviously is an Omega. So she's been working there. Uh, she's like her first week, she has to go into like the cage area to like collect some data. And she has like this connection with the big, bad, powerful alpha um and his number is 394 he doesn't have a name it's just 394 so um you know he's kept at a feral state his whole time that he's there but when she comes up to the cage they create a like a connection and she's like oh my god what is this fast forward um she's there for a little bit while longer and she decides she doesn't like the way that the alphas are being treated because they're not being treated very nicely. They're being treated like lab rats. And she decides to break him out of his mm. cage. Um, this is in the very beginning of the book. So as you can imagine, it just kind of goes downhill from there. <laughs> and she gets caught. And her boss, who is this like world world-renowned scientist, says you have two options i'll either report you and you go to jail or you become the omega we use for this experiment only for this uh this alpha though right yes yeah 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 yeah. so um it's a it's a really dark read there are some things in here that might be triggering to some people um but it was really really good and i liked that although the experiment's purpose was to force mating so that they can keep the alphas feral. Um, they weren't, they had already that connection. So you kind of know that it they're real mates. Um, but yeah, it was really, really good. I loved the dual narration. Um, and you just kind of see him come out of this super feral state 24 seven. And she kind of like nurtures him back. Like, you know, yes, what they're doing to you is wrong, but it's okay. You know, it was really, really good. And it's a series. Like, it's a long series because if I'm not mistaken, most of the alphas that were kept in that experiment get a book. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I only read, um, sorry, G, I actually read the first three, which is, that follows the couple. I think it's a serial, right? So, mm-hmm. like, they're pretty short yeah. books. Yeah. I read those, and then I didn't know that the other guys got books. So, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I feel like his friend, I forgot his name, gets a book. So, yeah. It was really cute. Um, well, the ending. How, how, here, here's the important question. How filthy was it? Oh, it was good. It was good. Yeah. I, I picked it up because I wanted smut. I wanted to read some good smut and it delivered. Yeah, it is. It is smutty. Um, Seth, would you agree that it, in the beginning when they're in that lab, it's kind of, there's some things that happen. They don't actually happen, but they're threatened and it's like, oh my God, like, is that actually going to, like, are they really going to go through with it? No, I agree. I think the author wrote it in a way where it's menacing, like what could happen, but she twists yeah. it in a way that it's like, oh, I'm so glad it didn't happen. Yeah. I will say, though, like go into this book knowing that there are dark themes and like some things may not be consensual, despite maybe the circumstances making it look like it's consensual. But overall, if you're looking for a smutty read that has like a good romantic payoff, then I would say this one could be it for you all right yes what's on your list so for me uh, my first book is broken bonds by jay Bree. it's uh the first book in the bonds that tie series it is a reverse harem pnr um that follows the story of oleander where at the age of 14 her and her parents which is her mom and her three bonds um they're in a car accident and the parents don't make it mm-hmm So in this world, they have bonds, which are basically fated mates. Mm. And our girl, Oleander, she has five bonds, which are North, Knox, Griffin, Atlas, and Gabe. Wait, pause, pause. Can I just say that um, with both G and S here today, uh, you're going to, if you like reverse harems, you're going to, you're going to get all This is the episode for you. (laughs) So... (laughs) Be prepared for that. Okay. (laughs) Resuming. Um, Okay. So after the car accident, something happens, which leads, which leads the heroine to run away from her bonds and running away from your bonds. Like that's not something that people do. Like that is like, it's a big no, no. Um, And it, and it caused an embarrassment for her bonds. Um, But there's a reason why she ran away. Like she has like a good reason. So she's on the run for five years until she's captured by a tactical response team. And her bonds are her bonds are alerted that that they have her, that they have her held. And you would think that her bonds would be happy that she's been found and, you know, but they're holding but no, a like, grudge, a big fucking grudge like, <laughs> because she ran away because she ran away and, and embarrassed them like in their community like that's like it's no, you don't do that. So they are freaking assholes to her like big time (laughs) yeah they're really so i want to say like this is considered um like a bully romance i guess you can say yeah okay yeah right so um so they go out of their way to make her life a living hell and they i feel like they put her like through so much but i freaking loved it i love me my mean heroes yeah yeah i Um, love asshole heroes I don't know if this is considered a spoiler, but is there a grovel, like a good grovel? Um, that Okay, that's what I'm hoping. At the end of this book, no, I don't want to say no. Okay, so it's not a standalone. There is more to come. No, it's, oh. it's, it's going to be part of a series. Okay, um, okay. So I'm hoping there's like good grovel because these assholes, like I want them 
to freaking crawl on broken glass yes. through fire. Yes. To ask for fucking forgiveness. Yeah. To win me over again, you know? I feel like you said this about that other book. You just, like, want all your men to crawl on broken glass. Yes. That's the best, yes. especially after the way they treated her. They need to grovel big time. Because, yes, but she ran away. And, yes, in their society, it is an embarrassment. But she was young and she was scared and had no idea these five men were going to be with her for the rest of her life. And um, as I said, they're not nice men. Yeah, no, they need to grow up. 100%. Are you going to read the second book, G? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I actually remember texting S and I was like, because I do like a good asshole, but I draw the yeah. line at like straight bullying. Like I really, yeah. I, it's yeah. not my thing. And these guys were just straight up bullying her. Um, it is. It takes place in like college. And I remember um, one of her bonds are her, is her teacher. And he would just. Oh, <laughs> you should have said that in the first sentence. Um, and he kind of, not kind of, he embarrassed her in front of the whole class more than <gasps> once. Does everyone know they're bonded? Yes. Ooh, oh my god! Wait, am I gonna read a reverse? I know, right? Like, I want to read this. <laughs> I want to read the one where they had like a male omega, and then they're passing her over, like. S and her recommendations for reverse harem. For fuck's sake, it's it's wait, it's just it's gonna happen eventually. I don't think we can, I I don't think we can resist that long, Steph. We're gonna read know, a reverse harem eventually. Yeah, so good. So it ends in a cliffhanger. The second book is set to release in September, and then the cover for the first book is like so pretty. Yes. So take a look at that. See if it en- it entices you to pick it up. Oh, I want to see it. What's the book called again? Broken Bonds by Jay Bree. Wait, can we talk about without spoiling it? Which one was your favorite S? It was Atlas for sure, because there is yeah. there is a, a bond that's really nice that he just kind of he's he's not like the other guys. So Atlas for sure. Uh, Griffin yes. went over. Like there's a scene. There's this. I don't know if should I talk about it or do you think that's like a spoiler? I don't think it's a spoiler. No. So there's a scene where she has her period and she has really bad cramps, and um. Do they leave her there in pain? No. So Griffin okay. comes over and he notices that she's uncomfortable and like he gets in bed with her and he puts his hand. So everybody in this world has some type of power. So he gets in bed with her and he puts his hand on her stomach and he relieves her pain, her period pain. Because isn't he a flame? Like, isn't his power like flame, fire? I, I think so. So yeah. his hand heats up. Like a heating pad. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, like a hot So he bottle. takes away her pain. And oh, I loved it. I loved it. Like that was, it wasn't the groveling I wanted, but that was a good start. He tried. In his own, like, grumpy way, like he he tried with her. Yeah. Do the, okay, Honestly. last question, and it might be spoilery, so maybe don't include this. But do the guys feel bad about what's going on with her or, like, what they've done to her yet or no? Um, maybe by the end, because a lot of, a lot of shit happens at the end where they kind of understand why she is the way that she is a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I might've already just added it to my TBR. It's not the first reverse harem you add to your TBR though. No, it wasn't actually. I added the other one that you were also talking about as the last ketchup and shell. No, it was, Um, uh, it was during our, it was the dark lover episode. Yes. Oh, dark lover. Okay. Okay. 
Um, in case this is not obvious enough already, it's going to be a long episode probably. So I hope you grab yourself a snack, some popcorn. <laughs> you, it's time to clean the whole house. That's it's time right. To go for a walk. <laughs> oh my God. A long drive. Listen to us on your treadmill. <laughs> We've been so good at having shorter episodes, but then this one just yeah. comes and like hits everyone in the face. <laughs> All right, Steph. All right. So I'm going to switch things up a bit and I'm going to go with the TV show. Ooh. So I'm going to be talking about Loki, which if you're a Marvel person, you know, you might have already watched it or you might be thinking of watching it. Um, so Loki, uh, right off the bat, he was always one of my favorite characters, so I was really excited for him to get a TV show. A good anti-hero. Oh, yes. Love it. Um, so this show takes place after the last Avengers film, and so like if you watched it, you kind of know where his character was at at that point. Um, and then, so apparently his character had caused, like, a rift in the timeline, um, and he gets captured by the TVA, which is, uh, the Time Variance Authority, and, um, so they monitor the timeline and make sure nothing's out of, out of the ordinary happens, and so, like, him existing and still, like, kind of doing his own thing is causing a rift in the timeline, so they kind of have to capture him, but he ends up deciding to work with them when he discovers that a variant of himself, so, like... I guess another version of himself in another parallel world was causing issues and killing the agents of the TVA. So he decides that he's going to help them out with that. And then he ends up meeting that person. And it's a female variant of himself named Sylvie. Um, And each Loki has like a glorious purpose. And his is basically, it was basically to rule and like just to be king. That's what he thought it was. And her glorious purpose, Sylvie's, is to destroy the TVA because they've wronged her so much in the past. And so Loki decides to help her. And um, it kind of starts from there. And we see his growth of a character. We see him go through trials and, like, go through hardships with Sylvie. And then um, you see, like, different sides of him as well. And, like, we see him be vulnerable for once. I feel like he's always a character that, like... Whenever there's a situation where, like, emotions are involved, he kind of, like, switches to humor or, like, switches to, like, hurting someone or something. And he never really delved deep inside. And I feel like this show did a really good job of, like, showing his character and showing, like, his inner struggles. Um, And I just feel like it was, like, a great metaphor for, like, I don't want to spoil it, but, like, there's just great metaphors in this show in terms of, like, yourself and, like, loving oneself. And I thought that was really important. And I just can't wait for season two. Are you guys silkies? Oh, yeah, I am. 100%. Easily. G G is uh, shaking her head no. I know. I know she isn't a silky. It's just, I didn't feel now hold on pause let me let me say I had a very different opinion of the show so I did not watch it religiously being a very pop culture Marvel fan I obviously wanted to know about it my boyfriend Peter watched it religiously every Wednesday so I would get like the cliff notes version of what was happening from him so I will say maybe my opinion is incorrect because I didn't watch the whole thing I'm not, no, not, not a, not a huge shipper. I do love Loki though. I've always loved him. I mean, he's an anti-hero and he's just a great character in, in like all around, like an all around character. He's great. And I will say this show, if you're a Marvel fan, this show just bursted open the doors for so many different possibilities. Oh Um, yeah. Phase four of Marvel, which is like the next phase post Avengers that's coming is going to be incredible and I I really can't wait for that 
It's going to be epic. And I, I honestly, um, I don't think we're getting season two anytime soon. I feel like we have to have two movies, which would be Doctor Strange 2. Um, and then also Spider-Man 3. I feel like we all, like, we need to look at those movies first before we even, like, discuss a season two because of everything that's happened at the end of the show and then leading up to what's going on later. Um, but, like, yes, I'm a Silky. I love them unapologetically. I just love them. And I just feel like since we're, like, we delved into that, I just feel like it was such a big metaphor of, like, um, loving oneself because he does fall in love with a version of himself, of himself in yeah. another timeline. Um, and yeah, I just feel like he's a character that's always never felt good enough or who always measured himself up to Thor and like was constantly trying to prove himself. But like, he finally decides to open up with someone and like, it so happens to be a version of himself. And like, he starts being vulnerable and loving someone else. And like, imagine finding that person to love them and like, finding things to love about themselves. And like, I don't know, I just liked him and like, Sylvie, I'm gonna. I was gonna say Silky, but I just love their dynamic, and I and I loved where they're going, and I don't know. I just love them, and they're great. I haven't seen the show, but um, I kind of like the 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 thing of like because we talk about how like love makes you vulnerable, like it forces you to be vulnerable to someone mm-hmm. else. But in this case, it's kind of even deeper because he's actually being vulnerable with himself, himself. a version of himself. So it's even yeah. deeper than that because he's really analyzing what he's going through and his own feelings with himself, you know? Exactly. I will say I, like, just had an epiphany right here listening to you girls talk. <laughs> if you remember, um, Seth, in our previous conversation, I was always like, it's a little weird. He's basically falling in love with himself. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. But now listening to you guys and how you just explained it makes so much more sense to me. And I like it. I, I think that's what they were trying to go for and not just throw romance of a female and a male together. You know what I mean? I like that. No. And honestly, I felt like it paid off and it made me look at Marvel in a different light because I feel like the projects they've had this year have been a lot of more like inner struggles and like overcoming your personal traumas and I Facing feel like this your show own monsters that's exactly right. and like it started with Wanda and Vision it start and then it continued on with um the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and it continued on with Loki yeah and I honestly think they're they're doing a really good job this year the Marvel shows have been carrying TV on its back honestly there hasn't been anything that like new on Netflix on any sort of streaming on cable that has grabbed my attention like these Marvel shows yeah I would agree with that minus my Turkish shows (laughs) I can't forget about them how dare you I wish people could see S's face during this whole conversation (laughs) I know she's like Marvel. I thought you liked Marvel, S. I like Marvel. Oh, okay, okay. It's Star Wars she doesn't like. I know her sister for sure likes Marvel, so I'm like, she must like Marvel. Yeah. Shout out to S's sister. (laughs) Um, All right, so I was scrolling through Facebook on a Wednesday night at 10 p.m., as one does, you know, to try to fall asleep. And I stumbled upon a post on a group called Pride and Prejudice 2005. I'm in that group. Great memes. (laughs) Um, And someone was essentially saying, if you like Pride and Prejudice 2005, you should watch this movie. So I was like, wait, you watched a movie? 
Yes, this is the plot twist of the century. <laughs> what? So, wait, hold on. So I, the person had put the, the YouTube link, because the movie is on YouTube. So I was like, all right, I'll just like click on it just so it's on like in my history so I can find it again in like three weeks, four months, a year, whenever I want to watch it. <laughs> I click on the link and the movie starts playing and I watch five minutes and then I watch 10 minutes. And then I watched 30 minutes and I'm like, I'm still here. And it's like 11 o'clock and I'm, I cannot stop watching. I'm like, fuck it. I'm watching the whole thing tonight. So I'm dying for the title of this movie. I know the movie too. is called The Silence of the Sea. It is a French Belgian movie. So it's actually called Le Silence de la Mer. So it's like. Uh, it's a French production, as I said. So the movie is in French, but the movie is on YouTube with English subtitles. So that's how I, I watched it. Um, and essentially, it's based on a book and it takes place in France during the German occupation. So like the Nazi occupation in France uh, at the very, very beginning of the Second World War. Um, and our heroine, Jeanne, uh, she lives with her grandfather in like this really beautiful house um, and her parents used to li live there as well. But it's obvious that like they've died, but they kind of kept their room, um, you know, as it was. So left untouched and everything. Uh, but then one day uh, you have German officers who come by to check out the house and they're like, well, clearly you have this one room that's unoccupied. Therefore, we will send one of our officers to live with you. And that's like forced. That's like you don't have a say. This officer now lives in your house and you're just going to have to live around him. And Jeanne and her grandfather kind of obviously have like a grudge against the German. Like they know that what yeah. they're doing is not right. Obviously at this point, like it's the very beginning of it. So, you know, things are kind of uncertain still. And the German officer arrives. His name is Werner. <laughs> a very, uh, you know, I'm sure my, my German pronunciation is fantastic. <laughs> um, but he arrives and he's really not how they thought he was going to be. He's actually like really friendly. He's trying to make conversation with them. He's, he's always like, good morning, good night. Like he just wants to talk to them. And Jean refuses, refuses to talk to him. So this man is talking to her. He's trying to make conversation and she will not even look at him sometimes. Like she will, what? he will literally ask her questions <laughs> and nothing, no answer. Um, so there is so much angst in this movie, you it guys. It sounds like, like it. I cannot I tell you because the. I, I'm not kidding. The whole movie, she refuses to speak to him. And this man constantly tries. Like, he never gives up. Like, he constantly does this little thing to try and, like, you know, get her to say something. Or, like, he plays the piano because, like, they share that, like, that love for piano. Uh, anyway, it's just constantly trying to make efforts and, like, she's not responding at all. And obviously, like, you understand why she's doing it. Like, it's not like she's just being stubborn. It's like, no, no, like, yeah. she's actually standing up for a cause and everything. But I cannot tell you, like, I was in my bed, literally, I, I'm not, this is not exaggerating. I was biting my knuckles to keep me from screaming at this end. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so what was this called again? The silence of the sea. Silence I was literally like this. 
like <laughs> trying to keep myself from squealing out loud because I was like, this is like this, this man, whatever he's doing, like the angst is too good. Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> so that being said, I mean, if you want like a crash course, a crash course in sexual chemistry and tension without a single word being spoken between the two people watch this freaking <gasps> movie yeah he's pretty hot watch this freaking movie the quality on youtube is terrible but like you don't care you know like you don't okay. you don't give a fuck about the quality i mean <laughs> <laughs> no, i mean you're not there for that you're you're just too <laughs> entranced by what's going on on screen to care that the quality is like potato i feel like okay. we're due for the next amazing period romance movie oh we're, absolutely i agree we're due yeah so just fair warning it is not a romance. I'm not even sure it's a love story. It's a story of attraction. It's a story of defiance. Um, and let me tell you that, so this tension builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. And then you get to the end of the movie and one word, one word, you guys, changes everything. And it's like, how how much can be said and unsaid with one word you know left unsaid but you know there's so many things and emotions and feelings and thoughts that are said with that one word and you're like oh my fucking god so it doesn't end happily it doesn't end tragically but it doesn't end happily for these characters I mean it, I can imagine why yeah we're in the middle of a war it makes sense yeah. and like when you take in the context of like when this book was actually written because it was written in 1941 and published on their pseudonym in 1942 the oh. man who wrote it it was like his story what he wanted was to show that quiet defiance like standing strong for what you believe in is what matters and so you understand why the heroine like stands like she's very strong will and she's like no i've got these beliefs and i'm gonna i'm not gonna give in to whatever this is but yeah that one word guys one word has never felt so satisfying in my entire life yeah it's 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 it was really really good i highly recommend it highly recommend it what is the name again <laughs> the silence of the sea which is a direct uh reference to her interest oh silence Duh. so the way you explained the whole plot of the movie it reminds me of I'm probably going to butcher the name, but let me see if I can add it here on the... Yes! S. I thought the same thing. When she was talking about it, I thought it was that movie. Right? Like, it's very similar. Like, a French suitcase suit, suit... It's like French suitcase, something like that. I don't know. It's in French. Oh, the... the um, Suite Française. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I haven't seen that. It was good. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that one either. I think it's on Netflix. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, so if you want the... Uh... Essentially, the whole movie is that, that, you know, that one scene when Darcy does the hand thing after touching Elizabeth, like his yep. hand does the, oh my God, I just touched her, what the hell? Um, <laughs> the whole movie is that hand gesture. <laughs> that's, that's the best way I can describe it. I have, I have a confession to make. Yes. What? I've seen Pride and Prejudice. I don't remember anything. Okay, so next episode, we're going to watch uh, <laughs> Pride and Prejudice with G. Didn't we watch it all together? No, it was just you, me, and S, I think, that one night. Oh, yes. Okay. We were introducing S to Pride and Prejudice that night. Yeah. Thankfully, she liked it. Honestly, that would have ended our friendship right then and there. I know. Can you imagine? <laughs> 
anyways, so yeah, that's my, that's my uh, my next rec. What about you, G? What's next on your list? So I'm actually super excited about this one. I'm super excited about all the books that I'm I'm gonna be talking about. It feels like we've been talking forever, but um, this one is by actually someone who I consider kind of a friend, an author that I consider kind of a friend, Brianna Hale. Oh yeah, she writes amazing romances of all different kinds. And in my bookstagram days, we became close. We would talk. I, you know, loved her books. And she has now written a reverse harem under a pen name, Lilith St. Vincent. And it is called First Comes Blood. It is a reverse, a mafia reverse harem, which one thing you guys need to know about me. If there is mafia anywhere in it, I'm here for it. This one's, it's different because it is a reverse harem. And I feel like most reverse harems are set in like fantasy worlds because it makes more yeah. sense biologically. But this one is not. It's uh, happening in our world. So on her 17th birthday, our heroine is told by her father, who is also the mayor of their town, that she needs to choose a husband and she will get married on her 18th birthday. The the men that she gets to choose from are not the best of men and run their own sort of illegal activities in that town and the mayor has you know sparked a deal with them um and in return they get his daughter so her 17th birthday like imagine she's thought she was going to be celebrating her birthday and instead she's there to choose her future husband Yikes. these men <laughs> right <laughs> and they're not very nice to her okay. I wouldn't say in a bullying way because like I said before I, I'm not a fan of extreme bullying like that but they're just the right amount of asshole during her birthday party she gets a taste literally of each of them and uh she's left in a very bad state because something happens on the night of her 17th birthday that's very tragic and kind of leaves a scar on her I, I can't even tell you much more because it's gonna spoil a bunch of stuff do they kidnap her like do they agree to kidnap her maybe <laughs> there might be some kidnapping <laughs> blink twice of yes <laughs> um there might be some kidnapping there might be some uh light 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 torture Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Is it a daddy book? I feel like, I feel like Brianna Hill. No, I mean, okay, Brianna Hill, there, nobody does daddy books like Brianna Hill. She, I have to say, not that I've read many daddy books, but it's because she does them so well and I like her so well that I feel like she ruined all other daddy books yeah. for me. To be quite honest, I don't read any other daddy books but her. Like, I don't think I could. Like, it's not a, a trope I particularly like that much, but I feel like she just does them so yeah, well. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. So the way that she does them... Okay, so for me, I have to say that a daddy book needs to have the word daddy in it. Like, she needs to eventually get to that point, because it ain't a daddy book unless it's Yeah, there. yeah, of course. So the way Brianna Hale does it it's not gross or like in a way that makes you uncomfortable yeah. her writing is so it comes so organically to her so it's not a da uh first comes blood is not a daddy book but the characters are very daddy mm. Ooh, if you know okay. that. i mean i don't seek out daddy books but if i am reading one i don't mind it if they call each other daddy little girl or little boy 
Uh, but I draw the line at actually dressing up for it. Like, that's where I'm, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm tapping out. This is not for me. Like putting her in like little baby clothes, you mean? Lady baby clothes and like playing with toys and stuff. Like, I like, that's, I can't do that. I can't. Yeah. That is, that's, a, that is a hard line I for me I agree with too, that but... line. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. But another thing that I think is important with mafia romances is that it feels like a real, like, family run like crime family type of thing and being an italian american myself it just it tiltillates something in you (laughs) it adds that extra spice when all of them are italian to me in my favorite mafias are italian mafias irishes are irish mafias are good too russian mafia Um, is very good too yes Yes, I do like Russian mafia. I think that actually is my order. Italian mafia, Irish mafia, Russian mafia. I don't think I've read an Irish mafia book before. Really? I don't think I have. Um, A. Zavarelli has a whole series that's all Irish. Are, are they Irish? Yeah, no, they are. Yeah. Okay. I have another question about reverse harems in general. Um, you can even talk about, I guess, use this book in as, as an example. Do the scenes, like their sex scenes... Do they, like, happen with all of them or, like, a few of them at one time with her or, like, two of them at one time with her? So, in this, in First Comes Blood, they don't, they haven't because it is part of a series. This is just book one. They haven't had sex with her all, all at the same time. There is a scene where she is performing some sexual acts on one of the members of the harem and two of them are watching. Oh, Okay. Mm-hmm. They don't participate all together, but I will say for the best reverse harem of all time, uh, Lady of Rooksgrave Manor, special shout out <laughs> to that one. They do partake okay. together. Yeah, as, as mentioned that one in our third catch-up and show? I think so. Yeah. The one that's called uh, Monster Lovers, this, this one is for you. That one. So if you're interested in that one and you want to hear us talk about it, then go check out that episode. I cannot wait to see where the rest of this goes. It ended in a cliffhanger. Um, the next book, I think, is coming out now in September. Um, if you are a fan of Brianna Hill's work, of her writing, I definitely think you should check out her work as Lilith St. Vincent because um, just amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. All right, us. What's next? Okay, uh, next for me. Poor S has to wait for all of us to go. <laughs> you always go first, though. You're last this time. Yeah. You can't complain. No, it's okay. Um, this one is for all the monster lovers out there. Okay. Ooh. We're here. I know, right? <laughs> it's Morning Glory Milking Farm. Oh, yes! yes! Nas Nas Costa? I'm sorry if I butchered your name, but um, yeah, so me and Seth read this book a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and we freaking loved it. Uh, so yeah. it's about Violet, who is down on her luck. She's having trouble finding a job. Yeah. She has too much debt, and she's on the verge of moving back in with her parents. That is until she comes across an unconventional job in a town called Cambridge. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> in a town called Cambridge Creek. And I'm going to read a little snippet from the blurb just to kind of... Um, 
Ooh, yeah, that. so it says Morning Glory Milking Farms offers full-time hours, full benefits, and generous pay with no experience needed. There, there's only one catch. The clientele is grade A certified prime beef with the, <laughs> with the manly meaty endowments to match. Milking minotaurs isn't something Violet ever considered as a career option. But she's determined to turn the opportunity into a reversal of fortune. Yeah, this book was really fun to read. Um, it was cute. It was funny. It was steamy. We're going to end up reading it, Marge. We're going to end up you reading it. You honestly need to at this point. Oh, girl, the sample is on my Kindle just waiting for me. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go milk Minotaur dicks eventually. It's going to happen. We're going to the farm, girls. Yeehaw. <laughs> You have to. Honestly, though, okay, question. Does this job application not, like, feel, like, doesn't it not sound too good to be true? Like, you get, no, 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 listen, you get your benefits. You get yeah. amazing pay, no experience required. All I need to do is milk some dick. I don't have benefits now. My pay is all right. <laughs> like, <laughs> G is going to the farm. That's it. <laughs> Leaving her job tomorrow morning. So my question, Steph, would you consider a job like this? I mean, you were in Violet's position. I can answer that for her. It's yes. <laughs> um, that would be um a maybe. I just I'm just trying to like the only thing that's stopping me really is is the thought of it being a minotaur. Like I just have to picture myself in a world where cows and whatever are kind of just walking around you know that's what's a little weird to me um but you know sometimes a girl's gotta yeah. do what a girl's gotta do i feel like we should mention <clears throat> like i don't know if you've watched the show b stars or b stairs or however you say it it's very like it's it kind of resembles that world in the sense where like they're animals that are like kind of humanized and like they're given human attributes wearing clothes like going to school working and things like that it kind of is that world in the sense where like it's mythical creatures instead so there's minotaurs uh minotaurs sorry um there's <laughs> fae there's orcs there's um vampires werewolves you name it every creature you can think of they're in it they're in the working life, they're at school, they're just living their life like normal people. And, like, it's, like, the humans that are, like, still considered, like, the majority population, but there are little populations of mythical creatures that have their own area. Yeah. Also, I love that I said that, and then I was thinking about it, and I was like, Marge, you literally have minotaur romance on your TBR? Like, you can't act like this is weird? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, like, you can't? So... But I didn't know that the book, the paperback was available. Oh, she's like, I want it. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know, G. Okay, I got it. I found it. If um, a dirty talker is something you're into, this minotaur. Are you asking? Wait, no, wait, I'm wait. just saying in general, whoever is listening to this episode, like if that's something you're into, dirty talking, like this minotaur has got you. Like, Why did this book just yeah. get to the top of my TBR list now? <laughs> You have to read it, D. Yeah, I know. Like He's soon. really great in that. And honestly, I don't know if this is another thing that you might be interested in. Just, like, picture a ginormous minotaur, and you know what comes with that. Uh, like a mm. giant, but, yes, you know. Yes, 
appendage appendage mm. we love that yes word. appendage um i really i really wish people uh, could have seen all the cow <laughs> puns that we had in our group chat for a while yeah thanks to this book honestly this book like if you don't want to read it it provides great fun anyway like, exactly I'm just, we were very entertained yeah amongst ourselves yeah. and i mean like okay all jokes aside there's still like a good dialogue that could be had yeah. about this book in terms of like the species and like coexisting and like everything that's going on in terms of like her job like i just feel like there's good dialogue to be had um if you're going into for something else but like it's good smut and it's just like it's a good story and with great characters and it's ruby dixon approved hey true so- love her if the queen approves it you know it's good mm-hmm. yeah all right seth What's next? Right. Um, okay, so my last thing on my list um, before honorable mentions um, is The Savage and the Swan by Ella oh, Fields. yes. So this book, um, it's on the list, not necessarily because of, like, I would say, like, the plot. Like, the plot was there, but I feel like it needed some work with developing it. Um, but it's really on the list because of the romance and their development of their story. Um, So basically the book starts off with Opal, which is the main girl. She's a princess of this kingdom. She's learning of her arranged marriage to a human king, and his kingdom and her own are the only ones that are kind of remaining um, because the main guy, his kingdom, is just, like, massacring people and just trying to, like, you know, avenge his own parents' death because they died brutally. And, like, we don't know the full story until later on in the story, but she ends up running away to a secluded place, and she meets this knight of the savage king and then so like they both bond and he teaches her how to fight and like they have their moments and then um her parents are also trying to find a way uh forward with everything that's going on and so um opal's father this is like during the days of her meeting him and like all of that stuff um opal's father um has to travel to the human kingdom and um things happen and then opal senses something's going on and so she shifts into her swan form so she is like obviously known as like the swan the black swan and um she gets to her father in time to see her his heart being ripped out from his chest um and she sees the person doing it is actually the supposed knight that she so fell in love with and uh yeah so she figures out that the man that she was getting to know is actually the savage king and he just brutally murdered her father and so like yeah and then (laughs) it was just so dramatic and I remember like like how dramatic it was and like I was like freaking out because he killed her father her much loved father and it's just like where do you go from there how do you move forward from that and it's like there's prophecies there's things going on and Honestly, I would recommend this book if you are really into villain romances because he's very much a villain. Check. And he's got to learn to love and be loved. And it's a real slow burn as well because they need to, like, build from, like, below the ground up um, at this point. And, yeah, I just, if you're into villain romancing and all that good stuff, then, yeah, this one could be for you. So, I've seen the the book around. The cover is gorgeous. I She's, so yeah. she's is she like the only shifter? Would you consider her a shifter? Is oh yeah okay. So she's not the only shifter. Um, all the other fae as well can shift. So his species in general, like not his species, but like his people, can transform into wolves. So he's known as like the white wolf, and she's known as the black swan. Ooh, love that metaphor. Interesting. All right, 
So from one slow burn to another, and more specifically, a book by who many would call the queen of slow burns, I read From Luke of With Love by <gasps> Mariana Zapata. Wow. And I really enjoyed it. In fact, I think it's one of my favorite by hers, which I'm kind of controversial with my Mariana Zapata opinions, I feel like, because I feel like what is a lot of people's favorite is not necessarily my favorite, yeah. a.k.a. The Wall of Winnipeg and Me. I love that one. I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed Same. that book. It's just like some books kind of leave an impression on you and then you think about it over and over again and then you think back fondly of that book. And The Wall of Winnipeg and Me kind of didn't do that for me. Um, so what is your favorite one? Sorry, by Mariana. Well, I mean, now I'm hesitating between this one. I really liked Dear Aaron. Which I feel like nobody likes that one. I love that one. I'm a Mariana Virgin. <gasps> well, you don't like slow burns, though. I don't like slow burn. Oh, okay. okay. Well, here's the thing. I I can. So she's not for you. I can do. <laughs> I can do a slow burn if it's like if they're giving me something. If they're throwing me like lifelines every so often, I can do it. But okay. yeah, slow burns is not my fave. But continue. Um, yeah, so Dear Erin was an epistolary romance, so if you are into that, like, 40, if not 60% of the book is done through, like, emails and letters oh my gosh, and, it's like, more text than messages half. I know it's more than yeah, half. Yeah, no, it takes forever. Yeah. Um, but, and, and by some coincidence, uh, From Luca, what, not, not a coincidence at all, <laughs> <laughs> From Luca with Love is actually related to that, to that book because it's about the little sister of the heroine from Dear Erin. Yeah. So what this, bo- this book is about. So you have Lukov, who is a decorated figure skating athlete. He's got all the medals, all the trophies, all the everything. He's got, he's got like gold medals for the Olympics and everything. Um, and his family is pretty wealthy. He's Russian, by the way. Um, and he's got a pretty wealthy family who owns like, who owns like a, a skating rink. Uh, where Jasmine, our heroine, she has been training there all her life. And him and her have known each other all their lives because um, Jasmine is Lukov's little sister's best friend. That being said, it's a Mariana Zapata book. Therefore, they hate each other <laughs> and they've always hated each other. And this, they've always had this like rivalry between them where they were like, your costume's ugly and you skate bad and... <laughs> whatever like they were always insulting each other and being really mean to each other and everything um until jasmine gets to a point where she's quite a bit older now she's been skating like i said all her life and she's never really won anything and she's kind of getting to a point where she feels like a bit of a failure and people around her except her family kind of treat her like a failure because it's like why are you still here like why do you keep up this dream that clearly is not made for you like go find a real job um and she's like but i this is what i want like my passion is here this is who i am like i can't see myself not doing this you know but she perseveres even though she just feels like she's a letdown and Lukov um, finds himself without a partner. So both of them skate in pairs and he finds himself without a partner for a year and she doesn't have a partner anymore because there was some drama. Coincidence. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. So Lukov is like, well, you don't have a partner and I don't have a partner and I need I need one for a year and you're a fucking failure. So how about you skate with me and maybe I'll make you win a couple medals. He was such an <laughs> asshole at the beginning. I remember. And Jasmine is like, all right, I fucking hate his guts, but like, I, this is my only chance. Like, I need to take this opportunity. Like, I need I need something like I need to prove to myself that I can. So she takes up the offer. They start training together. They're a fucking wreck to begin with. Um, <laughs> you know, insults continue to fly. But then obviously, eventually, it kind of goes from enemies to, you know, reluctant friends to actual friends to lovers. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't be a Mariana Zapata book without you having that realization that, you know, the guy all along just loved her, but yes. he was just showing it in the most fucked up ways. Like an elementary school boy. Yes. Yes. Like being mean because he loves her. What? <laughs> Anyways, um, loved Lukov. Really did. I mean, I got to say, like, she writes good, mean men. She does. <laughs> um, And I really loved Jasmine, like, or her whole story of, like, you know... I'm worth it. And like, I love my body. I love what it can do. I'm strong. I'm passionate about this and I'm going to keep going. And just because I'm failing at it doesn't mean that I'm a complete failure and that it's not worth it to keep going. You know, I'll get there. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I really enjoyed this book. I really did. No, I, I think I, I vaguely remember picking this book up after like I had Sirius Scott and Tessa feels. So yeah, I picked this book up and I was like, oh my gosh, that's feels yeah. and feels. I mean, I I completely gave in to like the whole Olympic thing. Like I, I read this during the Olympics. Like I, I hate myself because I'm like, I don't understand why people start writing Olympic themed books around the Olympic, but like, I get it. But I also hate that I'm like that reader that gives in and is like, oh, how about a cute Olympic romance? Which the Olympics are not even in this book, but I just wanted something like sportsy, which like yeah. you said G, earlier on, like I, I don't read sports romance anymore. So this was like a fun like a change, change of pace. pace. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, look at us. Same mind. Mind links. Same mind. Yeah. Um, okay. So if you had to recommend me mm. a slow burn, I'm not even going to put out parameters Recommend me a slow burn. Oh, God. Seth, 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 that's on you. Um, um, uh, I don't even know. Like, if we're going in terms of, like, Mariana Zapata, I still... I don't think she could. But that's, like, that's slow burn. That's because, the definition okay, I'll of tell slow you, burn. I'll tell you one thing. My pet peeve with Mariana Zapata is that every book I read of hers, I feel like it's 600 pages but could be 400. I always feel like there's 200 pages of inner monologue that doesn't need to be there i mean I that's her style she that. can do it if she wants to you know but i as the reader i'm just like we don't need to be going over this again and again and again so i don't this is that's not fergie s do you like slow burn yeah i do so what's okay well like you would say mariana seth i personally love her but like i can see why she's not for everyone yeah definitely but I just love slow burn. So majority of the books I do read are slow burn. And I don't even really realize it. Yeah. I mean, have you, you read, you read Slow Heat. So I can't recommend that. Um, that was slow burn? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like not in terms of sex. I feel like there's a difference between like, I think Marge has already said this. There's a difference between like romance and like sex. So like sex can happen earlier oh, on. Oh, absolutely. There's no romance. I think I could, I could 
do slow burn. Like I said, if they're throwing me like little, just little bits here and there, like I could do it. Try um, the wall of Winnipeg. Yeah, that mm-hmm. one's good. Give, I love that one. Give yeah, try that. <laughs> try that. Okay, you know what? You know what's a slow burn? The whole series is kind of a slow burn, but like not really depending on how you look at it. I'm going to say this again, and I need you on this train, G. I need you to read the Zoe Draven Horde King series. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go there. Okay. Yeah. yeah do that. Okay. They're, like, they're alien romances, but, like, they're very much barbaric. Think Khal Drogo and Daenerys. All books kind of resemble them. She sold me book two as Raylo. Yeah, book two is kind of Raylo. Check. Zoe yes. Draven, you said? Yes. But it's Raylo in the sense where she's very much, like, emulating Ray Nobody. But she's really good. I love all four of her books in that series. Like, they're all unique, despite them kind of being the same with, like, a human-slash-alien pairing. Um, but it's a very different take on alien romance, I would say. Okay. It's funny because I was just listening to the Catch Up and Chill where you talk about one of them. I don't remember which one, but you were talking about that one. All right. G. So I kind of left my favorite for last. Not trying to pick favorites or anything. But, but you totally this one, <laughs> but this one, like, look at the smile on my face. Like, it's just very, oh, okay. Hold on. We got to start. Okay. Tell us. <laughs> um, it is a reverse harem. Shocking. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> um, if you guys can't tell I'm on a reverse harem binge right now, it's doing it for me. I'm loving it. I'm riding the wave. Um, but this one is called. Question. Yes. Before you start. Um, is this your first time experiencing reverse harem, like, during this binge? Yes. Oh, okay. My first reverse harem was Lady of Rooksgrave Manor. And, wow, did that set the pace for me. But right. um, So this one is called Baby and the Late Night Howlers, which is by the same author, Catherine Moon, um, as Lady of Rooksgrave Manor. And this one is a sweet Omegaverse. So for those who aren't really familiar, the sweet Omegaverse is kind of more like the contemporary Omegaverse, I guess you would call it. Um, No, like, feral, nobody, you know, everyone's chilling. There's alphas and omegas. Um, So that one's considered a sweet Omegaverse. And it's basically um, Baby, who her whole life thought she was a beta. Until one night, she's at a club, and she starts perfuming, which is something that Omegas do. So she's uh, secreting a uh, scent that's appealing mm, to men Mm. or Mm -hmm. uh, women alphas. Mm -hmm. Pheromones, if you will. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So um, luckily, she is approached by a man who is very sweet and says, hey, I better get you out of here because you're surrounded by alphas and you're uh, secreting a pheromone very strongly into the air and I don't want you to get hurt. So he takes her to uh, the Omega Center, which is where in this world, it's, you know, contemporary, but in the city, all the Omegas go there when they first are in their first heat, um, discovering, you know, what it is like to be an Omega. And she's kind of rare because she's in her 20s and is just now finding out that she's an Omega. So all of these things are very new to her. And what I found interesting about this book is that in this Omega Center, um, they help you find your pack. So you kind of go on like interviews and you go to their pack 
you know, compound clubhouse and you meet with them and um, you see their nest because in the, you know, they have a nest prepared for the Omega. A lot of Omega verse have like the nesting thing, which is probably derived from like the whole like, oh, pregnant women, when they get to a certain point, they start nesting, yeah. like yeah. cleaning the house and like putting everything together. But like, yeah, yeah that's a weird thing. You're not into the nesting? Oh, well, I mean, because the ones that I've read, it was like the nesting part was like the woman was literally like grabbing clothes off of her men and like throwing them into a pile and like making like an actual nest out of his clothes that like smelled like him. And if yeah. it didn't smell like him anymore, she would go insane. Like she would. It was weird. Like it's just I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Farrell also had a nesting instance in the in the third book. I I haven't read the third book, but in the first book she did. Oh, okay then. I just don't like the term because then I'm expecting them to like pop out an egg or something. Like, <laughs> I don't like. Stop that. it with the egg <laughs> popping out. <laughs> um. So I yeah, that does happen in a lot of Omega verse, but in this one. It's more of like a place for the Omega that's away from her pack that can be hers and where she feels comfortable. And yes, she eventually, when she's in her heat, wants the male sense there. But it's really just a place away from her pack. You know, like kind of think of it like a, an apartment within a compound kind of thing. So she, um, after like a few weeks at the Omega Center, she's taken to a few different um, packs. And she has an interview with them, and um, one of them, they're from, they're a very wealthy pack. They come from money. Their place is beautiful. The nest is beautiful, but she doesn't see, feel a connection with them until she meets the Late Night Howlers, which is an MC, a motorcycle club. Ooh. And they're all older. Um, they kind of almost gave up hope that they would ever find an Omega for their pack. Um, so they don't really have things ready. And when the Omega Center called that they had someone interested, they were a little taken by surprise. So they were like scrambling, trying to get things together. But lo and behold, uh, baby had a very, you know, she formed a connection with them and, um, against everyone's recommendation, she went with the late night howlers and that's where, uh, the story kind of takes off. And it was, just so like cutesy and like it was cutesy to the point where like it was the good cheesy mm, like it was okay. just the like feel good cheesy but then what I what I truly truly love about Catherine Moon's writing is that it can be super cheesy like that but then she's also incorporating action and suspense so like it keeps you on your toes and like in this book, um, the MC, as MCs usually do, get into drama with other MCs. And um, without trying to spoil it too much, baby's life may be put in danger a little bit. Oh, which no. Is always adding a little bit of spice. Oh, no. <laughs> um, which is it's my favorite when the heroine is in danger and, you know, everybody's like, protect her. It was amazing. And yeah. S actually read the book, too. So I would love to hear what you thought about it. <laughs> oh, God. No. Putting you on the spot. No, it wasn't bad. It, I really enjoyed it. But I will say there were moments where I feel like it dragged on a little bit. Um, uh, what was his name? Jack, Jonah, Joseph. Jonah. <laughs> Jonah. 
I, 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 oh, he got on my nerves. He yes, he was like he I was too good. When, he I was... love it when S hates the guys in the books. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so um, I don't know. It's up to you guys. Can we can we spoil it just a little bit? I mean, in case anyone's listening and wants to read it, can't spoil it too much. Okay. So, yeah, I have to agree with S. He did get a little annoying, like eye-rolling, like whatever, annoying. Yeah. But in my opinion, that's the great thing about Reverse Harem is because when one's being annoying, you have four other ones that are being Yeah. Great. Oh, my God. <laughs> the fantasy. Um, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like five men to handle five men yeah, at once sounds exhausting just, honestly it sounds like a nightmare i just i don't i think that's i, I think you guys just need to try a reverse harem so that you see that it might not be what you think it is because again a lady of rook's grave manor was the only one that i've read so far where they all participate at the same time but it was once no but imagine having five husbands uh, i don't True. know if they're all gonna get married well it's she's that's her pack so yeah technically it, i guess you can consider them that's her husbands. that's her that's her uh new family there um that's gonna be my rule okay we can make a bargain right here right now it's on the podcast when when <laughs> she's stuttering <laughs> when i read a reverse harem it's gonna have to be one where there is no crossing of any swords and holes and nobody is like just two people at once please so you're gonna have to find one for me that's really really good has like great angst s is already thinking about it she's like so it's gonna have to be one that has angst and a really okay. good story and, yeah. and no, the one that i was just reading might be the one for you no funny business between anyone at the same time. So DP is out of the question for you. D what? DP. Double dick. Double dick is out of the <laughs> Basically, question. Basically. Oh, double yeah. penetration. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm I, not opposed to it if it's on the same guy. Like, if the same guy has two dicks, I'm into it. But if okay, but two, two guys, guys no. W- no. Okay. No. I, I think there are reverse harems that, that it's by themselves. The girl with one guy, no no double no two but yeah. there, there are reverse like i'm reading a, a reverse harem right now that's um omega verse and there's mm in it so there's they all they all share like all the like but it's between alphas omegas and be- and and betas but then betas? wouldn't that just be a poly relationship what's the difference it like- would <laughs> if it would be if it's like what three okay it has to be three or more or four or more. I think reverse harem is there. That's what there are. Polyamorous. Yeah. So as the books that uh, you talked about. So you talked about the first one. I don't remember what it was called. Broken Bonds. Yeah, that one. And then the the other Omega one where they had a male Omega and that they shunned her, the female that's, Omega. So that's the next one I'm going to talk about on my... Oh, sorry. It's going to be the next one. Okay. Yeah, well, I, okay. So that one. So like, are there any um, scenes of them, as Marge would put it, crossing swords? <laughs> I mean, crossing swords is okay. Yeah, um, I know. In broken bonds, more than one day. In broken bonds, no, there isn't as of yet, not yet. And I doubt they're gonna be because they're all alphas. And two of them are. Mm, I don't know. Should I say it? Whisper it to me. Brothers. Oh yeah, they're brothers. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, they're, they're, I, a, I highly doubt job. there's gonna be like. I don't think. Yeah, so. I don't think so. And the one I'm currently reading, there is mm. And so far, there's been 
there's there's a scene where it's just the two guys. What are you currently reading us? Oh, she's keeping it a secret. All right. Next catch up oh. until then. We're going to have to wait. What's what's next on your list? It's called Pack Darling by Lola Rock. And it's the first book <gasps> in a duology. I want to read that. Yes. Um, and I want to say, like, this is my top favorite reverse harem book right now. Like, I am obsessed with this book. I'm constantly thinking about it. So it's a reverse harem, but it's an Omegaverse. It's a bit of a slow burn. Just like the first book I mentioned, you're probably going to hate the guys, like, a lot in this <laughs> one. Like, it's a given. <laughs> so it's about Lila Darling, who, at a young age, she was sold off to the OCC, which is called the Omega Cultivation Center, when her mother found out that she was an Omega. At this center, they basically train you and prepare you for when you awaken. And, it's ba- and basically, you have to compete to win over a pack but Lila she's a type that she just wants to be alone she doesn't want to participate in any of that um she just wants to be in her room take off her bra eat hot cheetos and just sit there with her uh tbr pile so she does everything in her power to delay her awakening like she does like a lot um just to avoid having to compete for a pack okay so it doesn't go according to plan though she ends up being placed with a pack that already has an Omega. And the Omega is male. So it's kind of not, it's something that's not, that doesn't happen a lot. And then in this pack, we have Atlas, Hunter, Finn, Jet, and Orion. And Orion being the male Omega. And basically, these, these guys think that she's coming into their home and she has like a plan to kind of like be like a, a gold digger and kind of mess up the dynamic that they have so they're really they're really defensive and they just want to protect their their current omega but they're assholes to her um they treat her really badly um the ending would probably make you scream and i've already mentioned it like uh seth and marsh like you already know kind of i kind of explain like what happens like it's really bad this is another book where i'm hoping we get good grovel in the second book like i want these guys dragged through broken glass through fire <laughs> ants through fire i want yes. them to endure paper cuts Get dragged behind a horse <laughs> stepped on legos run over by a truck <laughs> I, yes all of that all the above i want her to be treated like i want her to be treated like she deserves yes but i want her to be like the main focus it's, oh. it's tricky because there's already an omega yeah but do you think it's headed that way that there'll be a good grovel i want to say yes because i've seen like little teasers for the second book and each guy has you get a point of view from each guy so you kind of know a little bit of their backstory and what they've kind of gone through and why they are so defensive the second book comes out in September. Like, I, I can't. All the wait. books are coming out in September, as You're going to yes. be busy. I was just about to say, we're, we got a lot of books coming. And, okay, so I guess I have, so in this book, and I guess in other Omega books, they have, like, the scent thing where you perfume. So they ha- it has it in this, too. So I kind of want to incorporate a question and ask you girls. Like, if you were in a Omegaverse world and you were to awaken and have a, scent what would you want your scent to be Ooh. i love this question <laughs> oh my god i need to think about this like scents what are scents i don't know honestly and they don't probably mix well together but like my scents would be coffee Ooh. and clean laundry <laughs> oh 
Okay. I love, like, what did you expect? Like, flowers? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm going to be boring and say, like, vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> the boring white girl being like, vanilla. Like, think of, think of the sense, think of the sense that, like, attracts you. Like, for me, like, mm. cedar wood. Well, I was trying to think of, like, my own perfume. Like, what does my perfume scent smell like? And I don't actually know the answer to that. So roses. <laughs> I have my answer. I want to smell like pines and snow, so that Rowan Whitethorn will find me by scent oh, alone. Perfect. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> your your Omega Verse mate would Rowan Whitethorn would come out. It's only Rowan. Multi like eight copies of Rowan. That's my reverse harem. <laughs> But I'm I'm happy with that. Just eight ruins. Right. Wait, wait, wait. Guys, let's do that. Okay. Pick four gut four fictional characters that you want in your harem. Oh my gosh. That's a hard one. I Is mean, it like, though? <laughs> pun intended. Because we're limiting it up to four. Okay, so I got it. Uh Zadis Lothair. Uh, <laughs> um Lorkin, for sure. Um and I need to have some alien dick in there. So one of Zoe Draven's guys, the second guy. That's the thing. Like you, you got to pick varied stuff. Like this is your opportunity to really have like all the excitement possible. Um, Rowan for one, then I would probably say Charles from the, uh, Alpha and Omega series by Patricia Briggs. Um, you know, two assassins, basically the same man. So I'm, I'm, I'm still on brand with my Rowan times eight. Um, <laughs> then I would probably say, oh fuck. I would probably say Declan from Immortals After Dark. Oh, I want someone who's yeah. going to mess me up. Um, and then I got four. I'm allowed for? Oh, fuck. Yeah. It could be anyone. It could literally be anyone. Oh, my God. Um, Xylus. I'm having Ooh, Xylus in my choice. reverse harem. A little demon. Ooh. Yeah. That's a good one. Good choice. What about US? I think for me, it would be Aaron Warner. Oh! I was, I was like, God. she's going to pick Aaron. Aaron Warner. Josh Templeman. <laughs> what, in yep. your reverse harem? How boring. No, no, no. We need a Josh. And then... I know. We need a Josh. Um, For comedic relief. Comedic relief. Nas. No, that was mine. Ooh, mafia guy. Nas. Okay. We could share them. We could share. Yes, we could share. We could share. We have four of them. Maybe... Lauren Hill from Ooh. the Addicted series. A lot of contemporary guys. Ooh. S is going for the very normal looking guys. I'm surprised. Yeah. She's the, she's the one that likes the weird weird. Yeah. No minotaurs for you, S. We can rotate him in every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> what about you, G? Uh, okay, for me, Resand, Naz. Wow, I put <gasps> you guys on the spot and I didn't even think of mine. I fucked up. I Who fucked did you forget? up. Who did you forget so I can take him? Who did you Yo, forget? I'm not saying it till you're done. <laughs> I think I know who. <laughs> okay, so Resand, Naz, mm, easy, Kylo Ren. How did we fucking forget him? Uh, Leisure is really it's it's no, that's not great. I thought we were doing book characters, so I didn't even I think, think to. But I'm still changing my answer. Go finish. Okay, finish. so so we don't have to do Kylo. I I want Resand. I want Naz. I want. <laughs> She's like, 
What book have I read? <laughs> ever. <laughs> Every book that I've ever read just flies out the window. What about from uh, Rook's Grave? Which one of those movies? <gasps> Ooh. That's so hard. Either um, the vampire. I forget his name right now. August. August. Augustine, August. Augustine. Uh-huh. Or Ezra. Oh, yeah. I love Ezra. All right. Um, so, um... I'm I'm breaking all the rules and my reverse harem is going to have to have five men in it. And the fifth one is going to have to be Lord Death because I cannot believe I forgot oh, about him. Yeah. My main babe. Really? Lord Death. What do you mean really? My whole identity is based on my love for that man. <laughs> <laughs> my opinion. Wait, are we talking about Lord Death from Ketor and Lord Death? We're talking about all forms of Lord Death, but most, most okay. more specifically, yes, him, because he was hot and he has those leather gloves and I was here for it on top of that horse. Oh, yeah. I also just realized my reverse harem is kind of... Um, Psychotic? Yes, and also there's two <laughs> vampires, so I will probably be dead in the first day. You got it, girl. You can do it. There, there are worst ways to die. Okay. I'll, I'll just, like, I'll just, my blood will just be, you know, replenished. Pause. Soon, pause. You know? Pause. You didn't pick St. Vincent, Marge? <laughs> Who are you? Mm-mm-mm-mm. I hope he's listening somewhere. All right, somewhere. moving on. I Tune into the next episode. So <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I will be leaving this podcast immediately and uh, sending my resignation in. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally going down my books and I was like, Lisa Claypaz, this bitch didn't say. Well, all right. Um, So I need six <laughs> men on my reverse harem, okay? Okay. I'm dead. I love how I was like, this is too much. Like, this must be so much effort. But now I'm like, fuck it. I got six on my reverse harem and I don't care. All right. Does anyone have honorable mentions? I have one. Uh, I have like two. <laughs> Excuse me? You were saying you had nothing. I know, but then we decided to discuss things and I kind of have two now. Okay. Well, uh, who wants to start? I'll go. I'll go. So I'm going to briefly talk about and not offer too much information, but um, the Plated Prisoner series by Raven Kennedy. Oh, yes. Yes. No spoilers. No, no No spoilers. spoilers. No spoilers. Um, It's a reimagined tale of King Midas. Um, It's an adult fantasy series with four books. The fourth book comes out. It's said to come out next year. I am currently in the middle of the third book and I am obsessed, like obsessed to say the least like she's she's really obsessed like yeah, i, I haven't like going through these books so quickly yeah, yeah i haven't seen us read so many of the same like series yeah. in a row yeah like yeah. that in a while and i'm trying to like pace myself right now with the last book i don't want to like speed through it so i'm taking my time so i won't say too much because i want you girls to join me hopefully on this journey yes i plan on yep. it so I will say that Guild starts off with introducing all the characters. It introduces the world, the different kingdoms. Um, I feel like it's a really quick read, at least the first book. Um, and I feel like it's really easy to get into. Um, I will say to check the content warnings before starting it because I f- do feel like it can be triggering to some readers. I got no triggers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We going. Okay. Then perfect. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I highly recommend it. It's such a good series. So the other one is, last but not least, another book by the amazing Jessica Kane. Oh. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you heard our other Catch Up and Chill episodes? You haven't mentioned I've... her in a little while. Right? I yeah. Know. She needs to um, ride a reverse harem, I guess. I'm waiting. <laughs> so this one is a MMF. It's a thruple. It's a thruple, yeah. So this is a first for her, so I'm, I'm hoping she branches out, has a reverse harem. She probably might. I mean, I it's Jessica so. Kane. She'll, she'll yeah. do it. She'll get there. Yeah. So this one is about... About this girl. So it's called Caught by the Convicts. She gets stuck in the middle of a prison break. And Mm. she gets saved by these two convicts. And one thing leads to another. Or (laughs) one thing goes into another body part. (laughs) Love that. That was good. That was good. Transition. And, you know, stuff happens. It's smutty. It's fun. It's it's good. It's written porn we love it jessica kane read her so my first one honorable mention is brutal prince by sophie lark i know s you've read it all right so basically it's a mafia romance with two opposing families forced to come together um so basically they hate each other so much and like the animosity is so strong between the two families so like that's like the kids of the families basically and so both fathers believe that it's their in their best interest if they um join families and that just so happens to be the main characters are forced to get married and Ida I believe her name is Ada Ida and Callum are forced oh wait I have read an Italian mafia book he is Ita- not Italian sorry he's Irish, Irish. oh well there yeah you go. he's Irish <laughs> anyways um so they're forced to come together they are forced to be married and they don't necessarily want to be married to one another because she is kind of in charge of uh burning down his library and also throwing his grandfather's pocket wash watch into the ocean um and yeah it's just not a good dynamic between the two but like the sexual chemistry is there and yeah i mean like if you want to is that is that the book that everyone on twitter was like there's literally a scene where they actually try to kill each other like oh my gosh no there's not just one scene there's numerous scenes where they try to kill each other love that um so if that's something you're into like real enemies to lovers like not no rivals to lovers that try to portray as enemies to lovers then this is the book for you real enemies to lovers to a t yeah it's really good did you like the audiobook though um yeah i did Mm-hmm. All right, my second book actually is War by Laura Thalassa. Um, and it's basically the second Horsemen of the Apocalypse uh, getting a book. And we actually did the first book, Pestilence, by the same author on the podcast. And so this book is a story between Miriam and War. And War is convinced she is his wife, sent to him by God himself. And Miriam obviously hates him because of the horrors she sees him do. Like, he's obviously massacring cities of people um and obviously she's not for it and yeah there's a lot of trigger warnings in this book and i would suggest just check them out before you go ahead and reading this book oh we are actually doing an episode on this book and it's coming up in about two weeks time um so be on the lookout for that if you want to hear our thoughts all right um my single honorable mention um I don't want to say too much about it because it's probably going to find itself into our best of 2021 list. My list, anyway. Um, And it is The Song of David by Amy Harmon. Um, So if you've listened to our Face Your Monster episode, the first one, which should be out, um, the book that I read in that one was The Love of Moses by Amy Harmon. 
in that episode, we were like, oh, maybe Margie should wait until you read another Amy Harmon book. And then I was like, yeah, sure. And then a day passed and I was like, no, but I really want to read the Song of David. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did. I listened to the audiobook and oh my fucking God. <laughs> Oh my God! Like I, I loved the Law of Moses, but the Song of David fucking wrecked me, <laughs> wrecked me. Oh my God! So, um, it's an incredible novel, and again, I don't want to say anything about it because I probably will yeah. go into the blurb uh, in that episode. So be on the lookout for that. But if you're looking for a really heartbreaking book, not a romance, not does not have a hea. Let me tell you that much. Oh, wow. Um, but a book that will make you cry, a book that will make you think, a book that will make you genuinely happy that, like, a fictional character exists, if that makes any sense. Like, mm-hmm. you're just happy that someone wrote this character, um, then read The Song of David. It's incredible. Are those books PNR? Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, okay. I hear that it's like tricky to answer that. Well, question, the law, Jennifer. the law of Moses has some, I guess, paranormal elements because Moses can speak to the dead, uh, but the Song of David doesn't. Um, did you know going into this book that there wasn't a happily ever after? Absolutely not. I was lulled <laughs> by by uh, a false sense of uh, security because I had just finished mm. uh, the Law of Moses, which does have hea, even though like it takes you know a while for us to get there and a lot of pain but i was like okay so if this story has a hea then surely the the song of david will too and i was Mm -hmm. hanging on to that for dear life the whole book and then i got to the end and i was like fuck my life (laughs) wow but it was a five star you know what i mean like it's like it's the kind of book where you're like fucking hell that wrecked me but you're also like wow yeah. it's it means something that it did you know what i mean like i really fucking cared yeah. about this character so anyways i was a mess <laughs> it's been a while since i've read a good like tearjerker heart-wrenching oh girl book. i mean if you're if you're looking for one that's the one she's got two for song you. song of david yeah i mean to be read after the law of moses though i would say i i do feel like they are standalones but they're very much companions and it makes more sense if you read it that way because moses is like a huge character in this book because he's uh tag's best friend so mm. so anyway you don't have a honorable mention uh g for us <sighs> no unfortunately um since i am working my way out of a funk i'm not staying too long if a book doesn't appeal to me yeah and i'm dnfing a lot quicker than i would normally but um the books that i did mention and the books that i've uh, read completely so far i have loved them and i'm just looking forward to seeing what's next all right right. um well this was a very very long book list of books so don't worry if you missed any of the titles or anything the books are always listed in the description below so you can go and scroll through that and you'll see everything there including the books that we mentioned like just like that you know that are not technically on our list we usually write them down as well for you in case you're interested um all right so g you're always complaining that you're frustrated because you can't answer us when you're listening to these episodes. How yes. do you feel? How does it feel to finally do it? That you guys can <laughs> hear me when I'm actually answering you? Yes. <laughs> Amazing. So I always tell the girls that I, when I listen to the podcast, 
because they are my friends, I feel like we're all talking together and not when they'll say something and I agree and I'm like, oh my god, yes! And like, nobody answers me! Because <laughs> Well, you know, now you are a part of this Now discussion. I was a part of it and it was amazing. Life Yay. made. Well, we're happy to have you. We had a lot yes, of fun. Yes, thanks so much for joining us this episode. No, thank you. You, guys. you did amazing, by the way. You know, this you you were a newbie to podcasting and you did amazing. You're natural. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. All right. So this is it for this catch up and chill. I hope you found a couple recs to add to your TBR or your watch list. Um, if so, happy reading and watching. Um, you can find us online at uh, the RTM Pod on Twitter, as well as, as Romancing the Monsters podcast on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, you can also find us. Uh, you can oh, sorry. You can email us at Romancing the Monsters Podcast at gmail.com. and we're also on TikTok at Romancing the Monsters Pod. The list that keeps on giving. Uh, and if you want to find me specifically, you can always find me at Foes and Lovers on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me on Gabby is Booked on both Twitter and Instagram. And your business. Please shout out your business again. Yes, it is called Within the Magic. And you can find us on Instagram at Within the Magic and at WithinTheMagic.com. Yes. Um, and you can find me, us on both Instagram and Twitter at ButThisBook. And you can find me, Seth, on both Instagram and Twitter at Pros with Woes. And also, please feel free to leave us a rating or review on any podcast platform. It means a lot to us and it just very helpful. keeps us going. Yeah. See you next week, folks. Bye. 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 Bye.